All right, if you need a Bible, just wave. These gentlemen have Bibles, and they're happy to get you one. Anybody over here need a Bible? Okay, because we want you to see this story. This is the last lesson on the songs of Christmas. We've been uh, talking about the song of Mary and the song of Elizabeth and the song of Zechariah and the song of the angels. And, and now we're at Simeon's song in chapter 2 of Luke. So this takes place after the birth of Christ. So it's appropriate that we do this after Christmas. So last Sunday we said Merry Christmas. This Sunday we're saying Happy New Year. And we want it to be a new year. And so the title of this message, if we look in your Bible, could be the dedication of Jesus. That could be the paragraph, the title over the paragraph in chapter 2. Or it may be the presentation of Christ, uh, Jesus in the temple. Or it may be Simeon's song. Um, when, I, when I was a child, my parents became Christians. And they started going to church, and the church was one of these churches that really practiced telling people how to raise kids and how to take care of their kids. And so they taught my parents a prayer that they were supposed to teach me, and they did. And I still know it. Some of you know it. A prayer you pray when you go to bed. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake... I pray the Lord my soul to take. And then you have all these blessed so-and-sos, right? I'm not sure that they ever thought about putting a child to bed thinking about dying before they wake. But that has always stayed on my mind, so much so. And I see Cliff Daffron sitting back here. Cliff and I served together in Quito, and we were asked to do a, a, a I don't know, you don't remember maybe, a message for a sixth grade graduation in a school down there. And we decided to, to do a message on if I should wake before I sleep. If I, if I should wake before I die. Instead of if I should die before I wake. Because we wanted these sixth graders to realize that some of them will go on to some kind of a gear and they will live their whole life just doing the routine stuff. Eating, breathing, paying taxes, watching TV, looking around to see what everybody else is doing, copying them. They will never experience life the way God created them to experience it. They will never catch life in its fullness that Jesus talks about. In fact, he called it the abundant life. And our concern was these sixth graders are going to go in now junior high. Let's teach them to, to trust God and to get the fullness of life. Well, as I read this passage preparing for this message, the Lord kind of impressed upon me that there are some adults who have missed out on life. They've had a great life. They've had a good life. They look back, they've had a lot of successes. They, it's been good, but they've, they've never seen God do anything. They, they have slept. They've missed seeing God do something through their life. 
Now, it isn't that God hasn't done it. He's done it. They just has, have missed seeing it. And that's what we're going to talk about. Because I want to challenge you to make 2020 a year when you and God do stuff together. And you get to see it. And you get to celebrate it. And maybe even talk about it. And come and share it with people. And let other people clap. And, and maybe catch the vision that you have. So that's where we're going today. And it's all right here in this chapter. Now there's four sections of this chapter that we need to just kind of look at to make sure we understand. Remember, Jesus has been born. Now we start in verse 21. It's eight days later, and Jesus is circumcised. That's Jewish law. And when he's circumcised, his name is announced, and we read, and at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, and then they explain why. That's the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Both Mary, when in chapter 1 of Luke, when the angel visited Mary and said, you're going to have a baby, the angel said, and his name's going to be Jesus. So you're going to have a baby. That was a surprise. It's going to be a boy. That, that's amazing that you know that. And his name's going to be Jesus. I mean, it, it just was there. God did all of this. And then in Matthew chapter 1, the angel comes to Joseph and says, oh, by the way, your girlfriend is going to have a baby. It's going to be a boy, and his name's going to be Jesus. So it's no surprise to us, looking back, that they said, oh, by the way, his name is not going to be Joseph, which is the custom, should be named after his father, his name will not be Joseph. His name will be Jesus. And we read that here. Verse 22, second thing. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, you read that in Leviticus chapter 12, they brought Jesus, they brought him up to Jerusalem. Everything's up to Jerusalem. Even if you're above Jerusalem, you go up to Jerusalem. They brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Now, Jewish law says that the baby's born, and for seven days, the mother doesn't leave the house. The mother stays in the house to, it, to just get through some of the blood issues. They're very sensitive about blood issues. So for seven days, she stays in the house. Then for 33 days... She doesn't go to the temple because she's still solving the blood issues of the birth. So the, the total is 40 days. And after 40 days, then she goes to the temple, offers a purification offering to the Lord to purify her. And at that point, then she's allowed to continue to go to the temple. That's just the way it is with a boy child. With a girl child, it's twice as long. I have no idea why. Girls are just a lot more problems than boys. <laughs> Has to be from the beginning. No wonder Jesus was a boy. So 40 days, she comes to the temple. She's purified. And they want to present him to the Lord. 
Now, you've seen that here in the church. I, that's one of my favorite things about a church, is when parents have a child, they recognize that child is a gift from God, entrusted to them. They're just custodians, taking care of God's creation. And so they come before us and they stand in front of us with their children and they lift that child up and they say, this child has been given to us. You trusted us with this child. God, we are presenting the child back to you. We will do our very best to raise this child as you would raise the child. And sometimes the pastor looks at us sitting out here and says, as you encounter this child in the hallway or in the activities or maybe as a teacher or uh, in some way, do you promise to present them with a Christian life that is an example that they can, they can grasp and want to be like? And we say, we do. That's what happens. And, and that happened in the temple. They went to Jerusalem for that. Number three on your bulletin has an A and a B. Number three is what happened next. It was like a coincidence. Um, you know, I like the word coincidence. That's when God wants to be anonymous. Um, sometimes we say, oh, that was really lucky. There was a guy in the temple. Both A and B have names. A is a guy named Simeon whose song we're talking about. We don't know whether it was really a song or a prayer, but Simeon was in the temple. He's quite old, but we're no, we don't know how old. He's been told by God that he will not die before he sees the Messiah. Who are you going to share that with? Wonder if God spoke to you and said, oh, by the way, you're not going to die before the rapture. Who would you share that with? And who would believe you? For how many hundreds of years have we been looking for the rapture? How many hundreds of years were they looking for the Messiah? And now here's a guy who says, oh, by the way, I'm not going to die before I see the Messiah. Well, how do you know? Well, God told me. So this guy is in the temple, and he really believes this. He believes that the Holy Spirit came upon him and told him this truth, and the Bible shares this with us. It also tells us that this guy had some amazing qualities. He had the quality of, he was, it says he was a righteous man, verse 25. He was righteous, he was devout, he was waiting or patient, for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. So this man, quite elderly, was going through the temple and just ran in to marry Joseph and Jesus. Temple's got a lot of people in it. Mary's going to a special place for her purification. He runs into them. What a coincidence. He sees Jesus. He reaches down and takes the baby. <laughs> I, I, I would love to just see how Mary and Joseph handle this. I don't know how old this guy is. Some commentaries say he might have been over 100 years old. 
He'd been around a while. And here's how it reads, verse 28. He took him, Jesus, up in his arms and blessed God. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? He didn't bless Jesus. He didn't bless Mary. He didn't bless Joseph. He blessed God and said, verse 29, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. You told me I would see the Messiah, and I now see the Messiah. I can die. We could have called this sermon getting ready to die. Not a bad message. For my eyes have seen your salvation. I have seen the Savior. Wow. Amazing message. Now whether he sang this and he could have, or he just shouted it out, this salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, it's not a secret, it's not just for a few, it's for everybody, it's a light. This baby is a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. He just stood there holding the baby and basking that God had been faithful to him. He had seen the salvation. Pretty amazing. I don't know how Mary and Joseph handled that. Then, B came along. Her name is Anna. She's 84 years old. Now you notice, Luke tells, or Luke tells us how old Anna was. He doesn't mention how old Simeon is. Anna's 84 years old, a widow. She lives in the temple. She worships night and day in the temple. I can see her humming and singing as she goes around the temple. She's fasting. She's praying. She's involved in all kinds of things. And just happens upon them in this big crowd, uh, starting with verse 37. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping and fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, <laughs> that very moment, she began to give thanks to God. Why? She saw the baby, and she knew who that baby was. Can you imagine this scene in the temple? Mary and Joseph are there for the purification and to present Jesus to the Lord. And these two people recognize him as the Messiah, the Savior. She sees him as the Redeemer. And they celebrate and worship God as a result of it. Now there's one more section in this. And that is uh, verse 40, and then that's the end of that passage. And verse 40 just gives us a glimpse of his youth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. So here we are. We're, Christmas is taking place. He's born. Eight days later, he's circumcised and named. His name is announced. And then 33 days later than that, or 40 from the time he was born, 
he is now taken into the temple to be presented and he runs into Simeon and Anna and they announce to anybody who's in earshot that this is the savior of the world, this is the redeemer of the world. Their eyes have seen him and they rejoice. So we come to us today. I want to talk to you about what I call God things. Those times when you see God do something you can't explain. It's nothing that, that is within your power. It's nothing because you're bold or brave. It's just because God is doing it through you and you get to see it. And I want to I want to wish you a happy new year, but in my wish for happy new year, I want to wish you lots of God things. I want 2020 to be an exceptional year for you. For you to see God work through you in astounding ways. In fact, maybe 2020 is the whole reason you're alive. Maybe all of the experiences that you've had, the good, the bad, all the things you've learned have come to this point because God has a really special deal for you this year. A really special plan. 2020 is going to be the year, the best year of your life. You're going to experience God in a way you can't imagine. That's my wish when I say Happy New Year to you. Now let me tell you what, what I mean by God things. I experienced a really amazing God thing. As some of you know, I, I was at Azusa Pacific University for 10 years, not as a student. Um, <laughs> almost, but not as a student. And, and we noticed that during Easter break, when they used to do a whole week of Easter break, uh, we had a, a number of students that didn't go home. And, and we wanted to close down so that the kitchen staff would have time off and et cetera, et cetera. So, so we decided, let's, let's take the students that are kind of staying on campus, not many, not many, first year was 18, let's take these students, or who were willing to do it, to Mexico and do some ministry down there. Let's do a vacation Bible school, let's, let's have a basketball tournament in the prison, let's, let's do some work with children, with women, let's help build churches. Let's do something. We called it Mexico, Mexicali Outreach. And so we took 18 down there. My job was to speak in the morning, and then they'd go out to the villages and do their thing, and then they'd come back and have dinner, and we'd speak, I'd speak again. About the second or third night of speaking, the Spirit of God said to me, you know, Ron, some of these people know about Jesus, some of these students, but they don't know Jesus. They're, and I, while I'm speaking, said, well, wait, wait a minute, God. These people are out giving vacation Bible school stories. They're telling people about Jesus. They're praying with people. They're giving their testimonies through translation. They're, they're talking about you all day. Yeah, I know they're talking about me. I mean, this is God talking to me while I'm talking to the students. He says, yeah, I know that, but he says they don't know me. I want you to give them an opportunity to meet me. Now, I'm smart enough to know that the devil would never tempt me to do that. Do you agree? Would the devil ever tell you to tell somebody about Jesus? No. So, I said, 
I know all of you are uh, busy telling people about Jesus, but some of you don't know him. And we'd like to introduce you to him today. And to my amazement, several students stood up. And even more amazing, students stood up around them, hugged them, and sang, and cheered, and clapped, and prayed, and Pentecost broke out. I mean, it was, it was amazing. That was a God thing. Wasn't my thing. In fact, I, I wouldn't have done it. It was a God thing. And it happened because I said, okay, to God. He had a plan, he wanted me involved in it, and I said, okay. Now I went back to that program every Easter, even when I moved to Ecuador, I'd come back up for 25 years. I was there every Easter. The group grew from 18 to about 5,000. Here, here's a picture of one of the groups. It's pretty special, and every year, I learned my lesson, and when God said, okay, tonight's the night, I would say, oh, yes, because I knew it was going to be amazing. I, I couldn't wait. I didn't want to manipulate it and me come up with the idea, so I just waited for God to say, okay, now, do it. And so I would do it, and people would stand up and get saved. I run into people all over who say, oh, yeah, I got saved in the dirt in Mexicali because you had to sit on the dirt. We didn't have chairs. There they are. That's a God thing. That's what I want for you. I want you to see God do something through you just because you said okay. Not because you're super talented, not because you know all the verses in the Bible, not because you're rich, not because you're smart, just because you said okay to the Spirit of God. There's a, you've heard Rich, man, Rich, that's that statistic about so few Christians. And you can go all through Turkey and never run into a Christian. You, you can say, I've got $100 here for the first Christian and never give it away. You just won't find them. Fran Blanchard was supposed to be here today as well. This was going to be our, our Sunday regarding Turkey. And Fran has served in Turkey for many, many years and just retired from many faithful years of serving there. But her sister is very ill, and she's with her sister today. But Fran sent me a picture of, of a God thing. This is a God thing. This, these are couples giving their children back to the Lord. Exactly what Mary and Joseph did exactly what we do in our church. In Turkey, these people are building the body of Christ into the next generation. They're giving their children back to the Lord. These women and men are promising to raise their children as God would raise them. That's a God thing. That is a God thing. Some of you know that I've been involved in Mongolia in the recent years, as long as I've been involved with you. And uh, I, I want to tell you why I'm involved in Mongolia. It's because of these two people. This is Bot and Iggy. 
They were atheists, grew up in atheistic Mongolia, no religion in Mongolia for many, 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 many years. And then finally he was introduced to Christ, a wonderful story, and then he introduced his, his non-Christian wife to Jesus. And then he wanted to introduce Mongolia to Jesus. He was so excited about meeting Jesus, he wanted to introduce Mongolia. How do you do that? Well, he got this idea that maybe via radio he could tell Mongolia about Jesus. So he walks into the government office, <laughs> this, this guy, and he says to the government, atheistic communist government office, um, I'd like to put a radio station in every city. You would, yeah. And he says, I've got some partners in America that are willing to help me. Well, why would they help you? Well, because we kind of want to help the people understand some things. Well, what? Well, we want them to know about Jesus. Um, you know, logically, that doesn't sound like it goes very well in an atheistic government office where you're asking for permission. And that government said, okay. And that's why I go to Mongolia. I'm helping him. We've put 20 stations in, trained the people to run them, talk over them, tell the stories of Jesus. God's got us up to 20 stations now, and we got more to go, but that's a God thing, folks. He couldn't do it. There is no way Bot could do that, but God can do it. And God just needed somebody to take their feet and walk into that office and ask. Courage, yes. Could he have been punished for that? Probably. That's a God thing. I have no idea what God has in store for you. I have, I have no idea. I don't know what his plan is. I don't know what he's going to do through you. It may be the most amazing thing you've ever seen. It may be a loved one who comes to know Christ. It may be God doing something in a, in a whole different way in your life. But I do know that God has a plan, and he's working his plan. And you're a part of it. And the fact that you're still alive means he's still got a plan for you. And he's still working it. So what do we do to position ourselves so that we're in the right place at the right time? It's not a coincidence. No coincidences with God. So how can I position myself to be in the right place at the right time so that I can see and experience a God thing? Well, let's take the qualities of Simeon. All right, those three words that we used to describe this guy. Righteous. Maybe 2020, I need to work on being just a little more righteous in my life. Jesus said to us, seek first of all not comfort, not ease, not popularity, not financial stability. Seek first of all the kingdom of God and its righteousness. You are now a citizen of the kingdom of God because you said yes to Jesus. Seek to live the kind of life here on earth that you're going to live in the kingdom of God. Be 
righteous. Be like Jesus. Maybe say, what would Jesus do just a little more often? Maybe that would be your goal for 2020. A little more righteous. The next word is devout. Maybe show a little more devotion toward the Word of God. You've heard about the program to read through the Bible. Maybe it's time for you to actually do that. You've talked about it, you've planned, you've probably started several times, but when you got to Leviticus, you kind of died out. <laughs> Maybe it's time to just be a little more devoted to the actual act of reading the Word of God. Or maybe it's time to be devoted to actually what the Word of God says, the part that you've read and know. The loving the neighbor, the forgiving one another, the going and telling, the making disciples, the being a witness. Maybe it's time to be just a little more devoted to this whole thing called Christian living. Maybe it's time to quit doing things that you know God doesn't want you to do and start doing things that you know God wants you to do. Maybe that's your goal for 2020. That may be the thing God's waiting for before he can really actually use you because he can't use a bad testimony. He's looking for somebody who's consistent, perhaps. And maybe that can be you in 2020. Paul says, whether... Therefore, you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all for the glory of God. Maybe that becomes your theme for 2020. Or maybe the last word was timing. He's per he's, he has patience. Maybe you're going to have a little more patience with God. You're going to quit saying, where are you, God? Why did you do this? Why didn't you do that? You're going to quit doing that. And realize that God has a plan and he's working it. You're going to give him time. This morning I heard from our missionaries in Venezuela. You know, they got, uh, they got run out of Venezuela because of the, of the overthrow there. And she's an American. He's Venezuelan, but she's an American, a blonde American. So uh, she couldn't even get out of the house. So they, they have now gone to another country and uh, and they're frustrated they've been gone now a year they want to go back they have churches they're responsible for they have pastors they're working with the the Levanos we support them who have for a number of years and uh, and I asked her about how they're doing in their exile from their ministry country and she says actually there are very few surprises in life when God is on his throne and leads our life We've lost track of how many people have stated, God brought you here for a purpose. <laughs> Isn't that something? In faith, I say yes. But I have little perception of what that purpose is, which really is no problem, 
God has the big picture and will achieve his purpose in his time. This is what excites us. I want it to excite you too. God has a purpose for you to be alive. I want you to be excited about that and ready to live it out in this coming year. God may use you in a most amazing way, and I hope you will have the patience for that. Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Have patience with God. And have patience with one another. We're going to get into a new building. You're going to get lost. You're going to wonder where that door goes. You're going to wonder why that doesn't work. Have patience. We need to have patience. God is not done with us yet. Let's let him have a chance to grow. So, I say Happy New Year to you. What I mean is, I hope this coming year, you will experience so many wonderful God things. You will see God do his thing through you. We're going to sing a song. And during that song, if you want to pray, if you want to just say, God, I present myself to you for this year, that's fine. But I, I'm going to come down here, and if you're here today, and I'm so glad you're here, if you're not a follower of Christ, you know about him, but you don't know him, I would love to introduce you to Jesus. And I'll just be down here. You just come down while we're singing and let me introduce you to Jesus or let one of our pastors do that. We would love to do that with you. Father, thank you that you have a plan for us. We're not abandoned. We're not here to find our own way. You have a plan, and it's a wonderful plan, a good plan. And Lord, we pray that you would just uh, accept us as humble followers of Christ and let us just walk with you through this coming year. And Lord, we pray that you would be pleased and help us open our eyes so that we can see you in amazing new ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand.